0: Nobody warns you about the potential relationship pitfalls that occur after the arrival of children. You may seem prepared with the nursery items, daycare options, and the -the state-of-the-art crib, but have you prepared for the added stressors to your relationship? Hi, I'm Miranda, a Gottman-trained couples therapist.
1: And I'm Aaron. I work in the financial industry, and Miranda and I have been partners for over 20 years.
0: And we've had our fair share of ups and downs ourselves after becoming parents.
1: Join us as we sit with couples sharing their experiences of how love has changed since the transition of children. Whether you are trying to conceive, currently pregnant, already have children, or experience loss and infertility, this podcast will showcase authentic, real couples, just like yourself, who are navigating love after lullabies.
0: I will also share communication tips and tricks from my experience of working in private practice for over 10 years in the state of Oregon that can help maintain and even improve your relationships.
1: Thanks for joining us today.
0: We hope you get something out of today's episode.
1: Today. (laughs) (laughs) This podcast episode contains material of highly sensitive nature, including suicide ideation and intent that may be triggering for some individuals. Please take care when listening. Hi, everyone. Wow, (laughs) squeaky ass chair. We need to fucking spray this goddamn thing. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for joining us today. (laughs) Should we leave?
0: Um. Yeah. Thanks. We we are so excited for this episode. We we interviewed Steve Kalis, who is from, and I'm totally gonna butcher this, Yankee. It's he's from uh, Yovil, Yovil,
1: Yovil, Somerset. I'm
0: so sorry, Steve. Yeah, he lives in the UK. (laughs)
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, it was so cool to be able to speak with Steve and, and to know that he was so far away and and we magically made the time work. It was great.
0: Technology, man. Yeah. It's great.
1: He has one of the coolest stories I think that we've heard on this podcast. It almost gives me goosebumps.
0: Yeah, yes. Um, it was really... We we were a bit hesitant because we were just meeting with him. His partner wasn't available at the time. But it actually, like it was just so lovely and it was so great and... Um, we had a good time and, um, but yeah, beautiful love story and
1: to the point of, of his partner not being able to be on the, the podcast. I think we can all relate to, you know, they have, they have a, a younger child and so she was, she was busy taking care of the kiddo and, and yeah. Steve was cool enough to come in and talk with us.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully he'll come back.
1: Steve also <laughs> has his own podcast, which yes. we will talk about in the show and we will also put his links to find him in, um, our description.
0: Yeah, it's called The Steve Kalis Show, so it's really easy to find. I think he's he's on Apple and Spotify and all the things. So um, we've listened to a few of his episodes, and they're all great. They're, I mean, it's a wide range of different topics, and yeah, I recommend.
1: Yeah, hopefully you guys like it.
0: Yeah, enjoy. Enjoy. I thank you so much for uh, being with us today. And it's so awesome that you are eight hour time difference. And here we are, like being able to chat with, you know, halfway around the world.
2: Yeah, yeah. this is this is the bane for this. For me, this is the bane of pod- podcasting is trying to work out the time zones and the differences. There's been so many times where I've been sat here confused as to where my guest is and it's because i'm on an hour too early or an hour too late uh, you know what I mean? so so, yeah. so i'm glad we managed to get it spot on good work yeah everybody. yeah nice That's
0: right. nice well yeah um basically, I'd love to hear kind of your story. So your, your partner's not joining us today. So it's a little bit different, but that's okay. And she's doing um,
2: damage control downstairs. Yeah, because <laughs> he's, he's at a minute, he's teething. It's like a shark. It's just oh, 100 teeth.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. so he's,
2: she's managing that. And uh, so she has to be over there. And I was whilst I do this. So oh yeah. she, I mean, she's very, very shy. So I think mm-hmm. she'd She'd find it tricky and she I managed to get her onto it on, on my show for an episode and she enjoyed it, but I was after a couple of glasses of wine. So I think oh, that's, yeah. That's, okay. that's <laughs> a, yeah, that's what we need. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well,
1: will you um will you introduce yourself and yeah. kind of tell us a little bit about yourself?
2: Oh sure, yeah. Uh so my name can you hear me okay, by the way, is this coming yeah, through alright? Yeah. Sound great. Oh, yeah. lovely. Uh, so my name's Steve Kalis. Um I'm the host of the Steve Steve Kalis Show podcast. Um, I'm a father and a fiancé, and those are sort of key things about me. Um, I saw your post on uh, one of the Facebook groups, I think, Mm -hmm. and it Mm -hmm. just sounded perfect because I think when you, I really like to reflect on how me and my partner met and the journey we've been on. We've only been together, say, four years or something like that, but it's been very, very beautiful. And you don't get a chance to, especially if you're a man and you've got lots of male friends, you don't get an awful lot of time to stop and say, Hey, man, you know, I really appreciate my girlfriend and all the things she does. And I really value that memory. You know, you don't really get a chance to to mm-hmm. reminisce away. Mm-hmm. So I sort of, you know, I jumped at a chance to be able to reflect on it. So mm-hmm. that's all you need to know about me really is I've got a podcast. The podcast is doing well, nice. mercifully, because that's my, that's my sort of passion. That's what I love doing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the family it's all sort of going okay at the minute, not to, not to jinx it. It's all fine. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nice. We've, been, we've
1: been listening to your podcast the last week or so, and we're,
2: we're yeah. fans. Yeah. It's good stuff. Yeah. Oh, that's very kind of you. Yeah. I mean, well, I always get anxious if someone says they've, I know you said you listen to uh, the the parenting podcast, for example, we did a year ago, but the way the show evolves and the way I'm so, I nitpick a lot and I'm a perfectionist. So each episode is just increasingly better than the the previous Mm -hmm. ones because we just, we try and pay attention to. Your audience retention, and we try and give people what you know, the audience what they want, sort of thing. So, uh, there's been so many times I've almost deleted the first, you know, 10 or 11 episodes because you just sort of ramble on, you don't really you haven't re honed your sort of skills yet. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, but I'm glad they're there as a sort of you know, as a cause you can measure much better where, you, where you've come from and, and where you're headed that way. But I really yeah. appreciate it. It's very kindly of you you listen to nice. the show, it's very good of you,
0: yeah. Nice. Well, uh, tell us how you and your partner met.
2: Well, I mean, uh, this I'd love to because it was a a key moment for me in my life anyway, but it gets dark for a little while, but ultimately with the happy ending. So that's the, that's the key thing to remember about the story. Right? <laughs> so I've always, always, always had trouble with my brain, my mental health, I always felt like I was just wired differently or there was some kind of key deficiencies in the way my brain worked. It's always been that way. And that really hit a peak because I spent years of ideas of homelessness and re- real much deeper, darker struggles in the story I'll tell you about today. But a few years ago, a relationship I was in um, with the lady I was with, we were together for maybe two years and it was great, but then it, we we broke up. And for some reason, I took it I took it particularly hard mm. and it confirmed to me that because I was in a dark place anyway, it confirmed to me that I just didn't want to live anymore. I couldn't be bothered, you know, to meet. They got if you want to get a relationship again, you have got to meet someone new. Then you got to go through the whole, you know, the relationship yeah. politics yeah. of it, and then you got to get to know each other and that sort of thing. And then, but I felt that sort of apathy towards literally every single aspect of life,
1: mm. no. and the
2: depression that I'd always struggled with had got me. I was I was in its grips, and I remember I was sure. At this stage I wanted to die. I had made a plan to commit suicide, but first, and very unwisely now, I took out an enormous bank loan, uh, thinking, do you know what, if I'm going to go out, I'm going to go out in a blaze of glory. I'm going to just spend spend that money, have a good time, and then, uh, because I'll I'll never have to pay it back because I'm going to kill myself, so it's okay, so I wouldn't have to do that. So I spent the £15,000 that I took from the bank, on uh, just gallivanting around the uk and getting up to adventures and you know all sorts of terrible things really in, in hindsight and and then i came back to Yovum, my hometown and i decided okay i'll do i'll leave it two days i'll write some notes first tell everyone that i love that i do love them
0: mm-hmm.
2: and i will uh just make my plans and then i'm gonna leave the town go somewhere no one will find me and then find a wood somewhere and just do it there
1: mm-hmm.
2: and then on the so two days before my friend, uh, well, I planned to do it. My friend Josh called me and said, "Do you mind coming with me to the pub? Because uh, I want you to meet my girlfriend." Mm-hmm. I thought, "Oh yes, <laughs> no, all right, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes, <laughs> fine. Off, I'll come with you." Um, so I did, and I, I met her, and she was lovely. And she brought a friend with her, mm-hmm. and the friend uh, called Misha. She and I, um, it was just like the connection was. It was like the universe had finally gone, here you go, here wow. she is. We mm-hmm. know you've been waiting. I know you've been looking for her, and here she is.
0: Wow.
2: Because it was so much so that I was um, I was reticent and I was withdrawn. We, we had a good time, we had a laugh, and then I didn't respond to any of her text messages for us the, the evening because I thought there's no point getting attached because I'm clocking out in a couple of days. It wouldn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. And then we, then I did reply and we started talking. And then it we very quickly became sort of enamored with each other and it was and it was beautiful and i felt like it was the first time i never had to i hadn't had to try it was mm-hmm. easy nice. the affection was there the laughter was there and she was good um she was just a good human being and uh yeah four years on I, and i can still attest to that she's a she's magical wow. that's up. Hey can, so, I ask you,
1: can i ask you a quick question about the the, the first night you saw her and you did, and you you guys were hanging out you felt yeah. that that kismic connection right away
2: yeah and uh, and it's not i'm not someone who is in any way connected to um anything magical or otherworldly or supernatural right? but there was a it was like um i found a tether and she her energy her presence her something was it was a balm it was calming it was soothing just being just being sat next to her and it, and I knew, you never, you never know, you never know that you're going to get into a relationship with this person, but you know, man, here's someone worthwhile, here's someone worth spending my time with. But yeah, I did, uh, but yeah, I, I don't know what it is, but honestly, I, I wish I could explain it better, yeah. but yeah. um, it was just a magical connection. It was just yeah. a powerful, powerful, un- a gift from the universe, that's what I yeah. always say. Yeah. You've, had it, you've, you've struggled enough, you've, uh, you've cried enough, you've been lonely enough, and here she is, you've, yeah, here's the reward for that. When, so,
1: yeah at what point at what point did you cancel your plans then
2: well, it just it just kept getting postponed by, but never more than a day, so mm-hmm. I got, to, I'll give another twenty four mm-hmm. hours yeah, uh, so it, it was I just kept putting it back a day a day, oh, I'll meet her tomorrow, we're going for drinks, and then well, I guess what I was expecting was that my my view of her would come crashing down, she would start i don't know maybe I don't know if she would do something or say something, and then my initial impression of her would be wrong, um, but she yeah. kept. She kept reaffirming that it was correct in there, And, uh, and it was, yeah, it was lovely. I knew she just calmed something in me, mm-hmm. something that, was, that had never been calmed, something that had caused me to be a real nightmare when I was a young man. I was very aggressive. I was always getting arrested. I was always on the wrong track. Mm-hmm. And whatever that, that was, that was trauma manifesting itself in a negative way.
0: Yeah.
2: And something about her, even today, even today, she can, all she has to do is sort of lay a hand on me or just give me a kiss or just smile or something. And it just, I'm just mm-hmm. reminding yeah. Uh, okay, we're all right, because you can get lo- you can get confused, you can get lost sometimes, and no matter how much you love each other, sometimes you've got to go to work, we're passing ships sometimes, we both work, and we look after our son, and so the, sometimes the time can pass, and you go, oh, have I been attentive enough, have I been affectionate enough, and mm-hmm. so I've got to, I, I set that bar for myself, and so does she, so we always manage to re-engage, but even in the, even those times when it's hard, when the, yeah, when the, my son was first born, it was really difficult, but we still just loved each other, and we still communicated, and that, that's
0: mm-hmm. the key. Thing. Yeah, nice. What a story. Yeah. She was like, she's your secure base.
2: <laughs> yeah. And I never had one. I think my mother was always uh, an amazing, my mom was I always say about my mom. She is, she's the most loving and beautiful human being on earth. She's amazing. And, mm-hmm. but, and she's very, very good at raising young boys because you of all the love and protection that you might need, but she was never equipped to raise young men mm-hmm. because she did it by herself. Mm-hmm. So none of us, me and my brothers, we didn't have the tools we needed to, to cope, to survive as men in the world, unfortunately, at that time, especially where I live in Yeovil. You needed to be tough. You needed to be, you needed to know how to, become a man in this world in this town and it, we just didn't have the tools to do that so we're always angry always pissed off we're always drinking and you know yeah. and so and i was no 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 excuse for it. i was just a sort of victim of my own apathy and mentality and you know just i was just a little bit useless and him. she misha come along and after all these years made me feel special mm. and i yeah, and safe and i hadn't felt that since i was a young boy so I really, really appreciated that
0: yeah yeah so tell us about the transition to becoming parents was this something that you guys talked about planned or was it a oh yay surprise no
2: No, we didn't no it was a it was a surprise and um because things happen with us very, very quickly. We we sort of fell in love, and then we had a good amount of time to sort of to date and get to know each other, and and it and and it just miraculously, other things sort of go my way. I got a job that I really, really liked, and so the thing, the universe, it, things just started to pan out because I had a bit more zest for life. Right, I was a bit more enthusiastic, I was motivated, and then we were getting into we were falling in love, and it was magic. And then uh, lockdown hit. Ah. Then we had a choice: we can. We could bubble together so she could live with me, but I'm still living with two of my friends. We had a bit of a bro pad still, so she could come live with me at the bro pad, or um, she could live with her dad where she's been living up until this point.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But because of the way the rules were, we knew that if she'd stayed with her dad, she wouldn't have been able to come over to see us, and I wouldn't right. have been able to spend much time with her because you weren't allowed to mix your bubbles at that point. They were very, very strict.
1: Yeah. So
2: she decided she wanted to come stay with us. And then, which is always, and I, we, we talked about it because it's always fraught because you go, oh no, what if, what if I'm really annoying? Or what if you're really annoying? And what if we don't know how to tell yeah. each other that it's <laughs> annoying? You know, you just, it's really, really tricky territory, isn't it? Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I assume you, you guys live together, dear, So, you know what yeah. I'm saying yeah. So, yeah. yeah, before you move in, you always go, oh no, what if, what if she mm-hmm. does something really gross and annoying or what if he does something really gross and annoying and I don't, and I haven't, and we haven't got the foundation to talk about it or communicate it, but yeah. luckily. Um, luckily it was all fine. She loved the two blokes I live with, two of my best friends. Um, and we had a great, we had a really great time and it was, we got lucky when not, not a lot of other people did during COVID. We had a sort of little family unit. Um, and we learned that we could live together because that was a very stressful time. We we're under each other's feet all the time. Both of us, neither of us were working because we, uh, she'd been laid off and I wasn't working because of COVID. So we we're under each other's feet. So how do you, how do you navigate that?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then,
2: so six months into this, we then find out that she's pregnant. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it wasn't a it wasn't a plant thing it was a sort uh-huh. of accidental thing um and i remember the moment and i do remember the moment because i thought i think my relationship experience and my being 30 at that point did help because i didn't i didn't immediately go
1: ah yeah i just <laughs> saw
2: i went okay yes yeah. we can talk about it. let's discuss it yeah. that's okay
1: yeah
2: and then and we we did and we, we were sensible about it um and then so you then navigate all the stresses before of having to live together and having under these circumstances, mixed in with hormones, mixed mm-hmm. in with, you know, all these, all these things and uncertainty and the stress of being alive in this world. Anyway, it's all stressful. And then the baby comes. And so at this point, we've got the house to ourselves My two mates moved out. So we got the house to ourselves. We've done it up. It's beautiful. It looks great. Baby's got his own room.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And I remember there's a key moment where when she, I mean, do you, do you two have children?
0: yeah we have two girls they're eight
2: and wow. five yeah so yeah, they're a little bit older <laughs> yeah well that's good i mean so i remember the i was there for the birth and i was in i wasn't prepared for that but just because it's such a that's one of the most alien but mesmerizing and beautiful experiences of my life probably because you're seeing raw humanity raw human yeah. beings yeah. it's it's, it's millions of years of evolution, this nature, it's, it's energy, it's, it's all these things. And Misha, who is such a quiet, lovely very shy reserved person. Suddenly she's, you know, she's powerful <laughs> and she's <laughs> scary and she's getting this baby yeah. out of her. Yeah. It's really scary and beautiful. And so it's amazing. But the real hurdle is obviously when the, when the baby comes home, because then you, you have to sort of juggle some sleep deprivation with becoming wow. new parents and then your relationship totally changes. Um, mm-hmm. which is, and you've got to be careful. You've got to try and steer it. Otherwise you don't you have to control it in some way. I'd be interested to uh to hear about yours experience here before I go on. So i two two babies, two babies coming home. Yeah, what's the, yeah. What's the difference between the, the first and the second one coming back? So with the first baby, when you brought the first baby home, was it like, oh my god, it's scary and everything's new and but were you a bit more confident the second time around? Like how, how yeah. did you know?
0: Yeah, I would say second time around, we were a lot more comfortable, especially, you know, we um in the in the place where we gave birth they didn't bother us at all the second time you know the first first baby we had i felt like they were coming in every single hour like checking the baby's doing, blood doing, doing that doing that doing this and then right, the second right. one we were they they hardly ever came in i we're think like, they came in
1: once like did yeah. they
0: forget about us yeah. <laughs> right. it was great but um yeah, yeah, yeah. much more relaxed uh yeah. for sure It was lovely
2: yeah but good.
1: same but same experience of the that the millions of years of evolution and that that getting to watch Miranda be that warrior that just comes out and you're just like, wow,
2: holy shit, yeah, yeah. You know, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, man, but yeah, it, was, yeah. it was
1: cool to see it, I mean, equally amazing the second time around too.
2: Oh, great, yeah, because we thought that um, because obviously, obviously, baby, so my son's called Leo and he's lovely, and it, so we bring Leo home, and then I realized that I I wasn't, I was feeling guilty because obviously, so Misha was breastfeeding Leo. And so I wasn't having any time really with him to bond. And so the first couple of weeks, I do remember going, I don't feel mm-hmm. too connected. I don't feel the bond with the kid. And I, but, and I remember not chastising myself too much because i thought well i haven't had the opportunity to properly bond with him and if anything we're sleep deprived um you know i'm having to look after misha because she's you know she's sort of wounded from the experience it's quite traumatic the birth was quite traumatic so we had so there was a lot going on so we didn't have a chance to connect at first Mm um and then we switched to bottle feeding because um it was just because Misha, I think it was like Misha wasn't producing enough milk, so and he was always hungry. So we were like, There's something that I remember, I remember swearing in my mind that all the nurses and you know, mentally because ah, cluster feeding, right? Uh, so, cluster feeding, right? What the hell is that thing? So, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, he's feeding every hour and is yeah. perpetually hungry, at just a few weeks old. And I'll go, that, that should be the first thing when someone says, Oh, I'm pregnant, someone should jump in and go ah cluster feeding that's an important part of what you're about right. to experience yeah um so we had to put up with that so when we switched to bottle feed bottle feeding that was fine because he had mm-hmm. more ounces he yeah. was fine he was fed and that sort of thing um but i was still struggling and i was just feeling tired i was i guess the the onus switched from me and her to the baby all of a sudden and I'm I'm used to living a very very selfish life purely because I I spent years traveling Europe looking after myself living by myself and suddenly everything you do now is for the baby or for Misha Mm
1: -hmm. and
2: so the whole thing was I wasn't in a comfortable it wasn't a comfortable place for me all the first few weeks and he was he he cried a lot and he was very uncomfortable and Misha was uncomfortable and I remember three weeks in thinking I regret it I regret this Mm -hmm. at the moment It was really, really, and I I, sometimes I cry when I think about that. And now I know how. Now I'm a complete, entirely different man. And I, and that love is so profound, and so I regret it now. But at the time, I just think, man, I'm I'm not the man for this. I am not Mm -hmm. the man for this. I'm too selfish. Um, I love Misha, but that's that's the only time I've ever properly loved someone more than myself. Um, And I've never loved myself, but in a sense that I've had to care for someone other than myself. So I just really struggled with that, and then. But then, when we switch to bottle feeding, I could start feeding him, and Misha could start getting some rest, and then we find a little bit of balance, and then. Yeah. and then now you wouldn't know me and him uh because my work shifts are more early morning and late evening i spend all day with him whilst me she goes to work mm-hmm. and now he calls me mum so <laughs> we, <laughs> he calls me mama so we're very very close okay. I me mean, even now i am worried about tonight because he's very clingy with me at the minute so i worried he's going to kick off if, if i wasn't around for a little while so mm-hmm. so it's the best thing that ever happened to me but yeah um, so and when you're out of that sort of initial this sort of the first few weeks or first few months then your relationship needs a little bit of an mot
0: mm-hmm. who
2: are we now what, when do we yeah. have time to, when do we have time to be intimate when do we have time to be affectionate with each other what's up are we sleeping enough am i taking enough care of you so that's when we started to implement every two or three months doing an mot a full service in our relationship which is like okay um, are you getting everything you need from me am i getting everything i need from you and then what can we do if there's any issues and that's mm-hmm. been the magic that's been yeah. one of the best tools we have to yeah. to you know cope in with all these new changes. I wonder yeah, if it means you. That's, I imagine you would have to, you would find that sort of thing useful as well. I suppose. How long have you two been together for now?
0: Oh, <laughs> we've been together for almost twenty three years.
2: Yeah. Oh, then- look at me telling you about my relationship MOT. <laughs> so you know all about it. <laughs> no, but you know what? It's so no. interesting. It doesn't really matter how
1: long you've been together yeah. when you're experiencing that new baby effect right mm-hmm. it's like right. we've been together for a long time i mean i i experienced similar feelings to what you had mm-hmm. and it's you know wow. you spend your whole life taking care of you your needs your things keeping yourself alive yep and now you have this baby that you helped create and it's your responsibility right. in conjunction yeah. with your partner mm-hmm. but to, to take care and, and make
2: sure this this other life doesn't die you know like that's like but, you. yeah, <laughs> like yeah man yeah, yeah. And I mean, and they only make it harder for themselves when they learn to walk. And like my son, when he left to walk, he's trying to throw the TV on himself. Right. He's trying to jump off of things. So I'm going, right. no, I'm trying to keep you alive. Jeez, yeah, they I mean, make it yeah. difficult.
0: <laughs> I love the comparison of like toddlers to drunk people. Like they're just so similar in so many, yeah. so many ways.
2: Yes. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. But,
0: but there's also something too that that isn't talked about is really allowing yourself to grieve that part of your life that is now over. You know, there's so much. You know, when we talk about experiences that we've had in our lives, it's always like, oh, that was before kids or that was, you know, that's such a mile marker in your life. And really, you know, I think so many of us have that moment where we're just like, what the fuck did I just do? Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) what's happening?
1: Like, I spent my whole life being the goalie <laughs> and i let one slip through and now like like we lost <laughs> but really Maybe, we yeah, won
2: yeah eventually, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah 100%. I'm, t- I'm totally with you that's that's it and uh, i suppose that's actually a beautiful way of thinking about it we never did really grieve the i mean we sometimes we go oh man do, do you remember pre-leo i suppose at first you get a little bit of guilt don't you because you go uh before leo was born we were able to do this this and this and we haven't really done that since and and i suppose it, we, have, we didn't we didn't really give ourselves a chance to sort of grieve that previous incarnation of our relationship but it's because then we we got into such a routine and we got very lucky with leo he's a really good sleeper um he's been a real real gift we've had very few troubles um so we, got, we sort of got lucky with that um yeah but the, but then before i think it happened at exactly the right time because at 25 i was still desperate to travel europe i still had things i wanted to do i still had these sort of dreams of being a, a wandering philosopher you know just i all I want to do traveling in a robe and just you know, to <laughs> spout the that's all I want yeah. to do. And, uh, and then, but at 30, I was, um, I was ready. I was tired. I was tired of who I had been up until that point. I was ready for a change, ready for a shift. It just happened so quickly that had to adapt much quicker than i was sort of expecting to but i mean we i think back and during the lockdown before obviously way before we were pregnant and stuff we'd sit on the sofa all day binge watching movies Mm -hmm. smoking cigarettes having a few beers (laughs) no 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 worries in the world and uh, those are good times but now the little things like what i find is i i used to like i said earlier it used to matter how tough you were around here because it's quite a tough town and it's and that's and that was always difficult because you had to sort of, if you weren't able to play football or fight, then you really had no place in the pecking order. <clears throat> but Like when it comes to, when it came to girls, when it came to your social status in school and stuff, that, that stuff really, really mattered. And so now I've, just, I've gone the complete opposite where I'm so emotional when it comes to my son. Like the other day, uh, so he just started nursery. So That's my great partner great. went to pick him up and brought him home. And she said, um he's made a, he's made a little friend called Isaac. I go, oh my God, I'm bring you over. I want to meet Isaac. Oh my God. i really really, i was really emotional. And the other time I was in the car when we were driving and I started I shed a, I a little tear all down my face and I thought, and my, my partner goes, are you okay? And I said, uh, some girl's going to break his heart one day. <laughs> yeah, I'm <sure. laughs> just sorry. Yeah. yeah it's sad, isn't it? I don't know why I just, I just, it's that love is so, yeah. yeah yeah. yeah. It's also, like, so, so, how old are your your daughters again? Eight and four. Did you say
0: five? Yeah, eight, eight and five. five. Mm-hmm. So, what's
2: that like? What's it like having girls to that age?
0: Well, um, I think we are really lucky, and we have to remind ourselves of that because they are really, really good friends. Um, like oh, yesterday, good. actually, uh, we. They play soccer, so they had their soccer games, and they went to a birthday party, and they were glued together. Like your other friends are here. Like go we'll uh, play with your other friends at the party.
1: Like <laughs> fifteen other kids around,
0: <laughs> but they stuck <laughs> with each other. And then during the time that the the boy was unwrapping his presents, um, they were holding hands with each other behind their backs, and I uh, snapped a picture oh. of it. So I was like, what is this magic?
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> but, it probably won't be
1: like that forever. No,
0: we're enjoying we'll it now. Take it now. Yeah. I mean, they mm-hmm. have their moments, sure. And um, our oldest is particularly stubborn, and that's gonna serve her well as an adult. But holy mm-hmm. smokes, as a child, it's it can be hard <laughs> <laughs> to parent.
1: <laughs> but I, I like I like going back to what, what you were saying with your partner that you guys every few months you kind of do a reset and say like. Yeah, you know, because every few months can be completely different.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: (laughs) And and so I was curious and we do something similar to that as well. But I was curious, like, do you guys have any do you guys have any rules that you have included with that? Like when we have these meetings, we make sure we do this, this and this. Oh, only
2: yeah we're only in so far as it's like okay so we'll do it on a date night sort of thing so it's time to ourselves we'll do it where we can have a drink so we'll go to the pub and we'll sit together just us so we can have a few drinks and we can talk we can sort of loosen up a little bit and relax and shake off the stresses of the week and whatever and then so but phones off we don't not yeah no phones nothing like that it's just me and you reconnecting and then but nothing nothing too structured so it's stuff like i mean there's initially, the first time we did it, there was a list online of, I think it was like intimate questions you can ask your partner, or like emotionally intimate questions you can ask your partner. And that's really, really helpful. So we just use this list to say, um, yeah, am I meeting your <clears throat> emotional needs? What was the one thing uh, you would change about a relationship. What's what's your favourite thing about it? You know, this is a sort of checklist, and then we'd never use that again. But that that served as the sort of jumping off point for the conversations going forward, and it's, and it really matters because uh, I mean, if you've been together like you guys have twenty plus years, then. You are quite literally different people than when you first started. Oh, so you yeah. you have to, so yeah. you have to evolve and make sure that the new versions of yourself are still totally in alignment of your goals, what you want to achieve, um, you know how you, you know I guess even little things, your how you want to be affectionate and how you want to be intimate. All those things must change because you're entirely different people then so that must be really really fascinating but for us we're still the, the changes have been sort of forced upon us by you know obviously having a baby COVID, having them move in together so quickly so it's just it's almost being proactive it's about saying all oh, right that's that's the problem here's the problem mm-hmm. let's get it let's get at it let's attack it. what is it and before it becomes too much of a thing and a lot of that yeah. is my she's a little bit younger she's uh she's 25 so she's a little bit younger so she hasn't had the exact same relationship experience as i have i mean if anything her last partner was was not a good person to her. Right, mm-hmm. took it for granted, and it, and it's sad to think about because she is she is so beautiful, and she's so kind. Mm-hmm. She's like a, she's just like a an angel. Really, there's no other way of saying it. She's just such a lovely human being, mm-hmm. and then but the wrong person would take advantage of that aspect yeah. of her nature, mm-hmm. right. and so but even though that was the case she never become she never became bitter or angry or than like that she's always been lovely so the, her previous partner set the bar very very low Yeah. but i just set. but i want to set because i want to set my own bar very very high um and i set myself that standard all the time i wake up deliberately trying to say okay i'm gonna be a good father today i'm gonna to be a good partner i don't always hit those things you, just, you can't all the time because i still got the depression and i don't let it define me anymore but it's still there and i still gotta be mindful of it um sometimes you know you'll have a bad show or you won't sell you know things won't go your way so you you don't feel like hitting that you don't feel like being the best fiance yes. today. You don't feel like being a good dad today, but you've got to do it anyway. So, um, so when we when we meet up and when, when we do these sort of MOTs, it's about making sure that we're open about those things. And we're pretty good anyway. Misha's lovely and quiet, but if I'm annoying her, she's very vocal about that. So yeah. <laughs> it's not. Like, there's no mystery. So I don't have to, it's not, she wouldn't all of a sudden say, that thing you did two weeks ago, I find that really annoying. I I've, mm-hmm. I've find out about it in the moment. So I go, yeah, okay, oh, yeah, that's, right. that's pissed you that's off. Right. So yeah, yeah. That's, that's a good way of doing it.
0: Yeah. Did you notice any uh, anything about your relationship that was surprising to you after Liam was born? Uh, Leo. Leo, sorry. Yes. Yeah, no, sorry. <laughs> that's
2: my, I, I tend, I've got a, I've got a sort of West Country, but semi-West Country, semi-posh accent. So sometimes my my words get slurred. <laughs> so that's, that's, that's my fault. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I guess the the sleep deprivation initially. Because we're much more irritable with each other, right? And then because yeah. I, can, I can be, you know, historically bad-tempered, I found myself I was feeling very snappy. So, mm. and then I'd have to say oh, that's not that's not because of you, because I'm been you, you. What you did didn't warrant me snapping at you. I'm just being a tosser I'm tired, right? right? And then you have to get through. And then I got a new job, so my so work hours are changing. So then my moods change a little bit. I guess what what we learned was to. I, ha- I had to be, I especially have to be much better at communicating how I'm feeling because it can be so drastically different day to day because it's just how my mind works. Yeah. So like yesterday, she'll tell you that yesterday um, was, it th- uh, sorry, Thursday, we had a terrible day. We spent the whole day bickering and it was just really grim. And it's because the night before, Leo hadn't slept very well because he was teething and he had got a bad cough. And we weren't getting along anyway for sort of the day before. But we're one of those days where we're both sort of butting heads. We couldn't agree on anything. Everything she said was annoying me. Everything I said was annoying her. So we just get you get stuck. And then it, it's, it sometimes it takes one person to go, okay, I'm going to go out for a little while. I'll take a breather and then we'll come back at it. But sometimes you just don't have that insight because you're knackered, right? So right. you just don't have that sort of, <laughs> you can't see it that way. So we just spend all, spend all day like, you know, brooding and annoyed with each other. You know, you just go, <laughs> you get sort <laughs> yeah. of a bit like that. Uh-huh. And then um, we went to bed and then we always make sure that when we go to bed, we have a cuddle first. We, we cuddle, mm-hmm. we a kiss, and then we go, whatever happens, we always end up here, back in this space, cuddling and kissing and able to communicate again. But uh, and that's something we learned after Leo, because we can have days where we are feeling estranged, we're not connecting, we're not totally vibing, and that's okay. Don't put too much, don't worry too much about that, because then you can exacerbate that and make it a million times worse. Sometimes you've got to write the day off as oh, fucking hell, that was a shit day. That was bad. That was a bad day. You know that and we yeah. didn't get along. But so what? If I well, I always say to her, if we're gonna to be together for the rest of our lives. There's many times where you're going to really want to kick me in the nuts. I'm unbearable to live with. I totally understand. <laughs> so you just got to say, and then yeah, we'll work around it. So that's, mm-hmm. that's how we navigate that.
0: Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I love that. You guys have so many rituals. And I think rituals are those things that you can count on in your relationship that you know is going to be there. And yeah. so often I talk with couples where they have a, a really strong foundation of rituals, and then they have a baby, and then those kind of go to the wayside. And then right. they lose yeah. lose sight of each other, and they just drift, you know. So yeah, you got stay. You stay.
2: Yeah. yeah, you're right, and you just got to keep talking the whole time. That's all, and you just got to create a space where I always think of it as uh, I always think of it as tending the garden, right? So okay, there's some weeds. Let's clear the weeds, so the rest yeah. of the flowers can grow. That's how you got to see everything. I think from my point of view now, um, and our relationship is exactly the same. So she was always surprised when because her ex partner was always quite jealous and always quite possessive. So she would she would feel the need to ask me if she want if she wants to go out. So she wants. She said, "Oh, I'm gonna." I'm going to go see my friends tonight, if you don't mind. And, and I go, no, I'm going to play some Pokemon and I'm going to sit in my boxes and play some Pokemon. You do whatever you want to do. Yeah. I'm happy as Larry. I like, you yeah, know, we just, so she, that was really nice for her. So we've given each other a different sort of freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, so whenever times get too bad, if, if I'm, if I can sense, I'm in a bad mood, we, we've got a very split parenting thing. So a, a, a time, I mean, so she can do whatever she likes and I'm there to watch, Leo, yeah, I know she's a bit younger. I'm sort of jaded and timed out. I don't want to be going out of town anymore. I don't want to be out drinking. So she can do that whenever she likes. And I'm at home with Leo. But if I want to go out, you know, if I want to spend the day playing Pokemon, doing nothing, watching movies or recording podcasts, then she's there to cover that too. So you just got to re reevaluating your relationship every now and then. It's just is so key to that because you do change all the time, don't you? And you're it, it, it just touching base, I suppose, with, with who you are.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. I I smiled a little bit while you were explaining that because one of my questions I wanted to ask you was what did a date night or a night out look like before Leo and Post Leo, and then you're like, Oh, we just we make it a date night, and we have a couple drinks and mm-hmm. talk about how we can make our relationship better.
2: And mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, yeah,
1: I feel you on that.
2: Yeah, but sometimes you want to, like, that sometimes if we can, because we haven't had many opportunities to go out because obviously he was born, he's a lockdown baby, he was born in lockdown and stuff. But we've times where we get those nights where it's just me and her, we'll have good talks, and we'll get serious and we'll have honest conversations and try and you know tend the garden but sometimes we just want to let loose we get a few drinks we hit a club and i embarrass her all night with my dancing because in my my mind i always always wake up and go people were cheering for me last night i I, (laughs) I remember i remember people lifting me up on the shoulders and saying wow this guy can really dance and then she'll show me a video of uh, where i'm just i'm just by myself there's no one else there (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and I'm really, yeah, but I'm really letting loose and but we have a great time. We've always been very good friends. I think that's like we've always been able to laugh and talk and joke and have fun. I mm-hmm. suppose I've never been in a relationship where I know a lot of men will uh, that I know will agree with this and have had this experience. But anyway, there's relationships where you let you in where you go, oh, that look, that thing looks like a cool thing to do. I'll tell one of my friends about it. Because you don't want to do it with your girlfriend, you want to do it with all your mates, and you want to go with your mates to do this thing. But with Misha, it was always a case of, "Oh, I'd love to deal with Misha, and I'd love because we just get along so well." And that was always a nice little different thing. Um, but we got—we're totally different. Me and Misha, we're not this very similar, not the same person at all. We got no none, none of the same interests. I, you know, I really love when I can see her trying to. Yeah, pretend that what I'm telling her is interesting because it is always stuff like, oh, yeah, I did this podcast, 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 or you know, I wasn't doing I play a lot of Pokemon at the minute. I've already mentioned it three times this episode, but I play a lot of Pokemon. <laughs> so and I'll go, babe, I've just evolved my Pokemon, or I'm just I'm battling. know yeah, and, and she's going, oh, very right. yeah, and I, and I like that because I don't have that same patience. So I've I've learned to go. If she's telling me a story. I've got to work really hard to go. Oh, I see. Is that, yeah, that's right. Because part of me is going, oh, yeah, you know, <laughs> it's always, but it's, but she does it for me. So I've got to learn to be that, that equally patient. But yeah, when, when we're separated or when we're not going out together, we just work different ways to relax. That's also, but when we're together, we have a nice drink and a good dance. So.
0: Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. It's important. I mean, yeah. because when the kids grow up and leave the house, you still want to like your partner.
2: <laughs> so right. right. You
0: want to be friends. Do
2: you know I do get anxious about that. That is a really good point, because that one day that is going to be an empty house. Right. Yeah. And so you are going to. So I think the way we do it, we still do enough stuff without Leo mm-hmm. where, OK, we, we still get along really well. We're engaged now. And so we know the fundamental parts of relationship that are always good are still there. But one day, yeah, you're right. I always think, oh, no, what if we have you know, a few more kids and then they will go move out. And we sat there and we've got nothing to say to each other. You know, I do get anxious about that. That's a, that's a good point. That's the sort of random anxiety I have about 40 years down the line. So, you yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So you mentioned what it was like to be, uh, to have a, so sort an eight-year-old and a five-year-old. Do you find yourself... Um, and I think maybe maybe it's a gender thing with Leo, because he's my son, but I have, I try not to, part of me always goes, well, he's going to be a great footballer, that's where the money is, and he's going to be Prime Minister, because that's what, yeah, but I don't want to I want him to grow into to whatever he wants to grow into, right? To become to grow up, be happy and do whatever he wants to do one day. How do you, when it comes to the girls, do you worry a lot about their future at this point? Or do you think, no, they're still young. Let them just enjoy being young. Or is there still part of your brain going, yeah, but they, well, they're going to be teenagers soon. They're going to be yes. drinking and they're going to be, you know, do you do you worry about that sort of thing yet?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think we, we do. Um, and especially given the state of this country where it's headed, uh, it's scary, oh. you know, uh, having two girls. So Um there are there's a lot of worry and anxiety around that. Um, but I think you know we're we're trying to raise them to be really strong and not put up with people's bullshit, including ours, which is yeah, (laughs)
1: it's a a fine line.
0: (laughs) But you have to put up with ours now. and they're very like, you know, with me being a therapist and and you like us kind of having that emotional intelligence being put on them, they're very apt to talk about their feelings and if they felt wronged in any way, which I think is a great skill, but
2: yeah. Did you get a lot of that from your did you get a lot of that from your parents? The sort of the EQ, the emotional intelligence, the right, I wonder if that's the theme, because we're exactly the same. <laughs> we had to sort of learn that ourselves and uh, what we, what we want to teach Leo is all sort of self taught from experience because we yeah like i said my mother wasn't equipped to raise a young man she was lovely but she was too it was too much of the the love and safety and protection and not enough of the honesty you might get from them you know what i eventually did get from my father mm-hmm. we didn't know each other very well we, we didn't we didn't i didn't meet my father till i was 13 14. um but the that that balance the the I know it's not it's not a great thing to say nowadays, but the, the, the male-female sort of balance sometimes it is key, I find, where you get that. Because Misha is very gentle and soft and loving. and With my son, I can be the same, but I've also got... He knows... I see him looking at me if he's about to do something mischievous because I'm where the telling-off comes from. Do you see what I mean? And so I didn't get that from my own parents. I didn't learn emotional intelligence from my parents because they didn't understand what it was. And yeah. so I'm interested to see if if you got that from yours but if you didn't this. I mean I think, I think there were good, some,
0: yeah, some emotions that were more uh accepted than others you know like I don't, I don't think anger was very much accepted you know on my right. like if I was angry I was almost like I was in trouble maybe um, right. but yeah I think there's a there's a difference between you know how girls are raised and boys and kind of this stereotype of raising girls to be nice and to share and how that can like really determine you know their own sense of worth or their own sense of identity of actually what is it that i want
2: <laughs> yeah i'm trying did to pay- learn a lot about being a mother from from your own mother and your own parent have you found your own style like entirely
0: oh that's I, a good I, question. I think we,
1: i think we all we both and i think everybody works really hard to take the good things from their childhood take yeah. the things that you you did appreciate and then yeah. like you said earn that earn and and um invest in having that emotional intelligence to then try and break the patterns of the things that didn't work out well Mm -hmm. right that's and you see that you do that by seeing therapists like i my wife's an amazing therapist but (laughs) i also see a therapist because i want to invest in myself and i want to make sure that um i can i can i can earn and create that emotional intelligence to then deal and help prepare my kids to to have more of the good things and then also to help them break patterns down as they get older
2: yeah and that's important because he i don't blame my parents for having these sort of deficiencies because their parents are much much worse right so my mom is much better than her mom yeah and my dad's marginally better than his father right but their fathers and their mothers were mothers and fathers. ...during World War II, you know what I mean? It's a, much, it's a much more stoic time, it's a much more difficult time, and I suppose you had to be a little bit tougher then, so we're just sort of breaking these sort of generational issues, these generational bonds, and uh, the, the gener, especially around here, I mean, it will change depending on where in the world you are, but here, the men of the previous generation, my father's generation, were tough here. They were cold, they were emotionless, almost. Um, they could never handle, they couldn't handle their own emotions, they never could. My father to this day, he doesn't know how to talk about anything other than football or, you know, just boring, macho shite, right? That's still all they talk about. There's nothing else, there's no emotional intelligence there. But he learned that from his father, who would have learned it from his father. And so my, I was very, very deliberately trying to break that, yeah. that streak because that's poor mm-hmm. and hopefully my son will then be better than me Yeah, you know, if he decides to have kids if he decides to have kids one day he'll be a better father than I was and then yeah you hope that then you you know well, I made a drastic change where I actually changed my surname knowing that me and Mita were going to get married I was born uh Steve Doherty mm. but because of how how uh, how bad my family is at times and how around here my family names are a tough one is there's stuff there's unpleasant things attached to it you know criminals and especially in all over the sort of southern part of the country really this name's got nothing good attached to it so i changed it to kalis and mm-hmm. uh, kalis is the name of um he's a sort of elf wizard from one of my favorite books yeah. so i changed my son Yeah. so i changed my name to kalis to but the point of that being we're new because i did i did the family tree do you know the ancestry.com oh, yeah. have you ever done that? Yeah. Oh, man, I, I there was some really cool stuff but there was some there was generations of just nothing 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 people just people there was just poverty poverty death poverty death cancer death you know and it was really it was really really grim and there's people who all my ancestors had been arrested or they were criminals and it really it bummed me out for a little while so i changed my name to say okay the buck stops here with me it's a new thing we're going to teach our children about love and we're going to teach our children about that it's okay to to be sad it's okay to be angry it's okay yeah i'm not i'm not the expert at it but i'm I'm much better than my father was so you just hope that If I'd known that's how long you'd be together for, I'd prepared some questions for you because I've got a lot of sort of anxieties about the future and how to make something last. Because it, if anything, culture sort of tries to teach you that you know it doesn't last forever. Marriage won't last forever. It's for it's over. And yeah, you know, all I remember growing up really is like TV shows about. Yeah, the men hating their wives, and yeah, uh, yeah that sort of uh, that sort of trope. So I never, I was never a massive believer in love, really, until I met Misha, and then she and I thought, oh actually, we've got the ingredients we need mm-hmm. to make this thing last if we want to. So actually, you two have got some, yeah, you know, really invaluable experience for people like me who are trying to figure out how to do it. So it's mm-hmm. great that you're doing this.
1: You talked about um, being there, you know, emotionally intelligent for for Leo and and the family. And you know, the older they get, and and the longer they're together, like those things get challenged. You know, like you you do kind of have to shoot from the hip sometimes, and and learn new things, and and have that dialogue with your partner to say, if this is normal, we're ready for this. We have the tools that we built in, like your MOTs and your, you know, the game planning. One mm-hmm. of the one of the things Miranda and I have done for a long time. We had some advice when we got when we got married. And this, you know, people say like, "Oh, um, don't go to sleep angry," but we actually think the other way. And it's like it's okay to go to sleep angry, and and to know and have that expectation with each other to say like, "Yes, we're upset right now, but we'll we'll pick it up again tomorrow when we're refreshed and we have another set, another another lens, some mm-hmm. different empathy for each other," you know. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that's all we need sometimes is a little bit of distance. Yeah. Like the other the, the way we sort of managed to resolve that sort of bleak Thursday we just had where we paid each other for most of the day. We were so we were so pissed off of each other as that uh, my son is really interested in insects at the minute. He's, he you know, can't really say words properly yet, but he's going, Bida, up, bida, up. by loves spiders <laughs> and flies And I thought, Man, he'd l I bet he'd love a snail. If I could find a snail, it'd just been raining, so I thought, I bet there's snails out there somewhere. So I said to my, I said to Misha, I'm going out to get a snail. I'm still pissed <laughs> off it. <laughs> i to get a snail back in minute, choose be a minute. She was a be fine. So I went to get a snail. And that cheered me right up. I just needed a bit of space. I went to, I found some really cool snails. And I was like, look at these snails. And he was sort of, his mind was blown by what, what he was looking at. And then it was all right. Then there just, sometimes you just need a breather. And you're absolutely right. You can't. Sometimes you're gonna to go to bed really pissed off. And that's then the only way to solve that really is by a new, a new mentality tomorrow. Tomorrow I've rested, i have got some sleep, would we'll have slept on it, and then I can make a much better because that's good advice. Because I can be irrational, I can be bad tempered. So I don't wanna be making decisions on the spot because I have to, because you wanna resolve this right now. Because yeah. you're not gonna get the best version of me, right? That's the, that's a good way of thinking about it. the few things my friend has just said that um my friend and his partner are, are expecting a baby so and what i messaged him saying was uh just enjoy your pregnancy for one because it's it is it can be stressful but it is beautiful when you're there's this magical thing that's happening but when the baby actually arrives um it's, it's practical stuff drink plenty of water eat properly if you've got too much sugar or salt in your body you're not going to be sleeping right you need to be able to sleep on a moment's notice so make sure you you and your body are in i mean i'm not a yeah, you know, I'm a big fat Englishman. I've got a terrible diet, but those first few weeks, leo was born, I was eating all right. I was drinking plenty of water because you have to be able to sleep better. Um, and then when it comes to the actual relationship, uh, I mean, it uh, sounds cliche, but the mama knows. The mama knows. She knows what she's doing. The mother. The mother is so. That's a biological thing. If you, I trusted Misha from the off. She knew what to do with the baby. She knew what he needed. She just instinctively knows these things. So, so trust that the mother knows. And your your job, I guess, I'm talking to dads here. Your job is just to. We call it in football the sweeper position, right? So if, a, if the ball gets past the midfield and past the defence, there's another player there who is the last line of defence to try and sweep the ball up and get it back into play, right? So our job is the sweeper. What do you need? Where do you need me to be? What can I do? What, you know, that sort of position. And then the balance realigns itself. Then you get more of an input, you're more involved. And then, uh, so I guess, relationship-wise, stay talking stay affectionate if you can even if it's just little things me and me always even if we're annoyed at each other we still got our, our feet still touching bed because it's like i pissed off you but i still love you yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so stay stay open stay communicative and actually most importantly don't be afraid to be wrong because you're not gonna do everything right and sometimes the reason your relationships going wrong is because you're fucking up and don't be afraid to to admit that that's the case and be open to that sort of criticism because it could mean that you and the person you love get to have more time together and can have something stronger.
0: Yeah, I love that. If you or someone you know is experiencing a mental health crisis, please seek support. For US residents, call the 24-hour hotline at 988. 988- and for our friends in the UK, dial one one six one two three. 123 Also, see the show notes for additional information.
1: Thank you for listening and your continued support. New episodes come out every Tuesday. Please make sure you review and subscribe to our podcast. We greatly appreciate it. Follow us on Instagram at loveafterlullabies. And if you want to be on our show, come on, you know you want to be on it. Email us at loveafterlullabies at gmail.com.
2: Does she got... Oh, there's so many ears. <laughs>